2: Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find Sports Grids Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening
3: on FFC. If you like to follow us on Twitter, please do so at SportsGrid. George is at George Kurtz. I'm at Mike Blueid on Instagram. I'm at or we're at sportsgrid TV. I'm at MP Blueid. Uh, P is in Patrick. I gotta figure out a better Instagram handle. That's what I got for now. So feel free to uh hit me up over there. But uh Mike Zimmer talking about the Minnesota Vikings right now. He is he's about as old school a coach as there is right in the in the league head coach, now, there's a lot of old school coaches out there, but Mike Zimmer's got an old school way about him. Right, George. He's been talking uh, about the possibility of reduced practice time and and joint practices specifically this season. He says, I thought about it a little bit. It's according to ESPN, uh, Courtney Cronin uh the problem i i foresee with having the joint practices is you may not be able to get your guys up to speed fast enough for what they have to do as opposed to worrying about another player if it gets down to it i can see that there might be depending on how much time we have during training camp and before the games he could see possibly having a one-day practice with the team i don't know if i'd want to spend two or three days when we're trying to get our football team ready to play this is something that you've talked about a lot and i think mike zimmer is one of the coaches out there acknowledging he's like hey We're running out of time here, and I got rookies coming in. They drafted 15 players, remember, the most in the entire league, Um, and I got to get my guys ready to play. I can't be worrying about live bullets flying around when they don't know what they're doing yet, and I can't waste time in some joint practice with the Texans when my 15 draftees don't know what they're doing.
4: Absolutely right. That's going to have an effect on the game. And, you know, Mike, it's another reason why I wonder, let's say training camp. Forget mini camps, they're done. But let's say training camp, oh, no, that's not opening up in July. That's going to be a month. That's now going to open up in mid-August uh, before players can get on the field. No, more, I'm not talking virtual. I'm actually talking players getting on the field. Yep. What if that's not until mid-August through most, uh, for most teams? Or the end of August? Well, there's no way you begin—you can begin the season in the second week of September. Mm. Right? That would have to be moved just because of that. So, and I think Zimmer's right. I mean, you got rookies here who have never been on the field with other NFL players. Sure, you can learn the playbook. You can read the book while while you're at home, sure, okay, and learn the plays, but how? Until you get on the field, you don't know what's going on. You just don't. I mean, if they try to do this with only, what is training camp, usually about six weeks before the season starts, give or take, somewhere around there. Uh, let's Whether it's only three weeks. You know, not only that, would you have to cancel exhibition games? I assume you would. Right, because you can't start yeah, training camp They've got before.
3: Cincinnati and Cleveland and that that was the discussion was around those two teams and saying, you know, they're gonna be in Ohio sort of like back to back weeks and the thought process is well you'd stay in Ohio, maybe get a couple of joint practices in with Cleveland. Um, and I, I just don't think that but it how doesn't does that seem work? realistic at this point. Right, because yeah.
4: you, uh, you need to get your guys ready. And a joint yeah. practice is great once you have already been around for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You've gotten things done. It's good. Like I said, it's good, if things start on time, I think we're going to see a lot of sloppy football, a lot of mistakes, which could be fun to watch. You might see guys running wide open in the secondary. Yeah. And how he goes, hey, somebody screwed up. Or you might see a quarterback get killed for the same reason because someone didn't pick up the blitz they were supposed to pick up yeah. because there wasn't enough camp. And the NFL won't like that won't like if Tom Brady's out week one because, you know, the fullback who was supposed to block didn't stay in. And also Tom Brady's, uh, you know, pretty much now in my pizza box. So yeah. that won't be good either. So uh, I think you'll see a, a lot of messed up football if training camp is truncated in any way. You might see it anyway. Once again, no mini camps.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He So he's talking about it's really uncertainty about it's a, really about the uncertainty of everything. Uh, during the lockout, which he was the defensive coordinator in Cincinnati during the lockout, which uh, was pales in comparison to what we're dealing with now, he said, I don't remember when we, went, when we went back in, but there was plenty of time to get the season ready. I'm not really concerned about if they gave us five weeks or three weeks. Whatever it is, we figure out how to best utilize those particular weeks. It's fortunate for him, he says, because they have a lot of veterans offensively. He'll be more concerned about working with the technique of each and every player when they get here might be three. Might take three weeks, who knows. Um, you can't just roll the ball out and play, he says. You can't just say, here's your playbook, now go out there. It doesn't work like that. They know what to do, but they don't know how to do it. And I, I think you know, it was interesting uh, to hear him talk about it. He says he misses being around the players, talking to them on the computer, the iPad or whatever. It's not the same, because he wants to get out there. I think he's one of those old school guys Look, it took him a really long time to get a head coaching job. It was sort of a travesty. He had been a really good defensive coordinator in Cincinnati, Dallas, other places. Uh, He gets this job, and I think he is a guy that sort of likes to get out there and teach. He's old school, and we talked about how I'm sure he didn't like Stephon Diggs' act and and all that kind of stuff, but um, he's itching to get out there. You can tell, and he's not going to sacrifice time with his team to do these joint practices.
4: And I don't blame them. Like I said, I think joint practices may have no place this season. They just yeah. might not because you need that time with your team. You know, I, listen, I think joint practices are a good thing, except when they're fighting with each other. That's kind of idiotic. You see a 1,000 guys on the field fighting with each other, but I think they're a good thing because you get an idea of how you line up against a real, another team when guys aren't maybe taking it easy on you. But this year, I think you need to make sure you're, you're putting in your own, your own plays, putting in your own system, and you need to make sure they're doing it. You need to be able to stop, stop things whenever you want to stop them to teach somebody. You know, so I think this uh, you know, joint practices, I think Zimmer's right. This is probably not a good year for them.
3: Yeah. So, all right, let's talk about the Vikings' schedule this year. Um, so let's do their odds first, excuse me. Uh, so their odds, again, according to the FanDuel Sportsbook. You can get it online uh, at uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. So to win the NFC North, plus 175. Uh, to win the NFC Championship, plus 1,300 to win the Super Bowl, plus 2,500. The win total is at eight and a half. Their odds are relatively short, George, to compete for the division for the NFC Championship, but then their their odds are only at eight and a half, so there's not a lot of expectations that they're gonna rip off maybe double-digit wins or more, yet their odds are not that terrible in order to potentially win the division. I'm looking it up right now for the NFC Championship uh, they're one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're tied with the Packers. They're the seventh favorite team in the conference. But we know there's stiff competition there, right? We have the Niners, the Saints, the Bucks, Cowboys, Eagles, Seahawks, uh, all in front of them. But at eight and a half, uh, I'd like to go through the schedule. I'm not sure if anything jumps out to you first about this schedule. If you think feel good about this team or, or what after the 15 draftees and, and losing some players. There's going to be a decent amount of changes on there. For a team that's, if not very good, they're they're highly competitive and they won a playoff game, a big upset last year over New Orleans.
4: I think they have a lot of things going against them this year. Uh, you mentioned you lost Diggs. Maybe you replaced them, but you're not going to know. Right? You didn't replace the pass rusher, right? Everson Griffin. Everson yeah. Griffin's gone. He's still out there, by the way. Maybe he wants him. Might want to go grab him. Uh, but he's gone.
3: Five defensive right. backs. Left. Right.
4: And you uh, you, you expected 15 new players, but no mini camp, not much of a training camp. That's what? A quarter of your team? More than a quarter. It's about 30% of your team. It's assuming those guys make the team, that's changed over. Wow. That is an awful lot there. And maybe their biggest advantage, playing at home, in the mm-hmm. Dome, mm-hmm. no longer matters. hmm all that piped-in noise. They were one of those teams that was always seemed to be, uh, you know, maybe piping in a little extra noise, too. Yeah. You know, so that's gone now. You know, uh, Kirk Cousins, up, down, up, down. We never know what you're going to get from Kirk. And now, what's getting He's only got Adam Thielen. You know, the, the tight ends. Rudolph, okay. He's nice. I don't think he's anything great. Irv Smith was still waiting for him to break out. Really hasn't done it yet. Drafted Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. You got Tajay Sharp, B.C. Johnson. Okay.
3: Expectations on Justin Jefferson right away. He's stepping yeah. into a big role.
4: He is. Well, he has to. If he bombs, they're in trouble. Yeah. If, Kirk Cousins, if Kirk Cousins plays like he did the first half of last season or the first six games of last season, they're in trouble. You know, The Vikings, the Packers also, by the way, and I put the Falcons in the same category, could go either way in my mind. They could be really good or really bad. Yeah. You know, I just don't know. I think the Vikings, I probably lean more towards they're going to have some problems this year. Just too much change and the wrong year for change.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair to say as far as it being the wrong year for change. And again, the juice, so minus 150 to the over. So this is one of the bets on the board that bettors like the most. It has not yet pushed up to nine. It could. So we'll see why people are favoring it right now. It's a pretty low number considering the other expectations, like I said. So they started out Green Bay, right right out of the gate. Divisional game uh, could matter in the long run. In the long run, then they go to Indianapolis, then they have Tennessee, then they go to Houston, then at Seattle and host Atlanta. I don't love that start. That's all. There's all competitive teams, depending on how you feel about Houston, which we know their schedule really is brutal coming out of the gate. That's one of those games that Houston's going to be desperate to win, because I think when we did this with the Texans, George, you thought they were going to be 0 and 3, maybe even 0 and 4. So that's going to be a hard one going to Houston if they're winless. And then they got Atlanta in week six right before the bye week. So how does that first chunk look to you?
4: Not good. Not good at all. I mean, there's no no win. You're thrilled with three and three here. If you can get out three and three, I think you're doing a cartwheels here. The one Uh, team
3: I don't feel good about making the playoffs here at all. The Houston? team I feel worst is Houston, yeah, and they I mean, won the that's division. that's on the road,
4: right? and that, that's – well, the road may not matter as much. Yeah. Uh, the Green Bay, I mean, listen, they always seem to split, so you, know, I'll give you the win there. I think Indianapolis is a loss. Tennessee can go either way. i probably lean towards a loss. I'll give you actually a win against Houston, and then a, a loss to Seattle and Atlanta. I'll give you a W. But then that, that puts you at 3-3, three and three, and I think that's being kind. If they're not – if they if they have any kind of problem, like what I mentioned before, where they no home field – All the rookies it leads to a problem. Kirk Cousins not playing well. They're two and four at best.
3: Yeah, good time for a bye week it seems. But check this out coming out of the coming out of the bye week. Go to Green Bay at at Green Bay another divisional game versus Detroit another divisional game at Chicago three straight divisional. Three straight divisional. Then they host Dallas, Uh, then they host Carolina, then they host Jacksonville. So that's a decent break right there. They have a Monday nighter against the Bears. Then they host Dallas, Carolina, and Jacksonville all three in a row. So they don't have to leave Minnesota uh, during the month, uh, during that that stretch in late November around Thanksgiving into December. Then they go to Tampa. Then they host Chicago at New Orleans, at Detroit. So their December games are versus Jacksonville, then at Tampa versus Chicago at New Orleans, at Detroit. That's the way they close it out.
4: What's, What's that over on the mic?
3: Eight and a half.
4: Uh, you know, doing it in my head, I had eight at best, and I think I think I was being nice a couple of these times. I, th- man, I don't like it. I just think there's too many question marks with this team that they change too many things, and we don't know about Jefferson. We don't know about Kirk Cousins with the problems at the at wide receiver. You don't know about these 15 rookies. The home field's not going to be what it used to be, at least not the first half of the season. I think uh, I think I'd go under here.
3: What about Dalvin Cook just being a beast this year? Yeah,
4: he, ha- he better be.
3: Yeah,
4: I- I'm giving you that. He better be. But yeah. even if he gets hurt, Madison's pretty damn good, too. The running game will be fine, but that running yeah. game better dominate.
3: Yeah. You know, it's it's that's, this division's going to be funky, right? We're expecting Green Bay to regress. Yes. Can Minnesota steal wins? Can they be the dominant team in the division? Or is it like last year, where they're, where, you know, or two years ago, where they were passing it back and forth and neither team was particularly good? Green Bay good, won 13
4: so. games last year. I think nine wins will get you this division.
3: That's entirely possible. So, man, can Detroit steal it? Is Detroit going to be better? They made a lot of changes. They They, made as many changes as Minnesota. They just did it in free agency. The Georgia and I will come back after this. We're going to talk about the Indianapolis Colts next on FFC.
2: DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
0: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
3: Back on the grid, Mike and George talking about T.Y. Hilton. George, uh, story surfacing now, and I feel like you and I have been tracking this over time. And he's eight seasons in, most of them with Andrew Luck under center. He's hauled in five 1,000-yard seasons and four Pro Bowl bids. He's had some injuries, obviously a lot of quarterback changes from Jacoby Brissett to he had snaps with Matt Hasselbeck when Andrew Luck was hurt previously. Uh, So he's dealt with a lot of different quarterbacks, and he'll have Phil Rivers under center. But this is the final year of his contract. He's 31 years old right now, uh, and it's the final year of his deal. And he's saying he wants to retire a Colt. He said it's taking both sides. He doesn't know if the deal is going to be two years, three years, four years. Uh, He doesn't come across as the type of wide receiver that's going to play up until his late 30s, right? I think this next deal will be his last. But I think also he's not necessarily going to get paid $14, $15 million a year anymore either. Now, maybe Phil Rivers gives him the ability to get those numbers back up. But they've obviously drafted some other guys at the position, Michael Pittman, uh, Paris Campbell, last season. So do you think T.Y. Hilton is long for the Colts, or is this uh, a swan song for him here with Phil Rivers?
4: Well, I think it probably depends upon three things here, All right, One will be the, what money does he want. Does right. he want Amari Cooper money? He wants that. That ain't happening.
3: That ain't happening anywhere.
4: No, that's I, I agree. If he'll accept between that twelve and $15 million, okay. Uh, he's, he has said all the right things about wanting to be in Indianapolis, wanting to play for the Colts, blah, blah, blah. I think it also depends, though, uh, Mike, on how good is Pittman? How quick does he become good? You know, the Colts are certainly playing him up, even going so, so far to say he was their number one wide receiver on their board. Okay. I'm not there was that. a video
3: of which was basically a love letter from from Frank Reich to Michael Pittman. All through the process, they did all these Zoom calls about how much he loved him.
4: Yeah, I said I believe what they what they're trying to say is he was our number one guy. We thought we might get in the second round. All right, that's fine. That's fine. I don't think you had him uh, rated over Judy and uh, CD Lamb and all those guys. But fine, whatever it is. And then it also depends on Philip Rivers. What's going on at quarterback next year? I mean, let's let's just say for argument's sake that. Rivers either bombs this year or this is average, and then they're not going to go with them next year. Are you going to want to pay Hilton 15 million dollars a year that guaranteed money if you're going to go with the rookie quarterback? Mm, you know, we know you don't believe in Brissett, right? You don't believe in Brissett. You don't think he's the guy. Yeah. Uh, so if he's going to take, you know, two years after that anyway, and Hilton's already broken down, if he can't play 16 games this year, he's missed eight games the past two years. Right. So if he gets hurt again, I don't see the upside. For Indianapolis the Colts, to a the Colts
3: are clean at quarterback contractually after this season. Yeah. There's nobody that needs to be on the roster uh, after this season. But, uh, you know, Phil Rivers obviously can go year over year. I think he just keeps signing one-year deals. He's going to be a high school coach. We already know what he's doing in his retirement. But you're right. The eight games missed the last two seasons. Uncertainty at quarterback. I don't know that the Colts would make a decision on T.Y. Hilton yet. I think they just let it play out, and if he surprises them and is healthy – then I think they put a fair but not crazy offer in front of them. They're working on two. They're obviously inexpensive at the position, right, with Pittman and Campbell there. They're, they're not really having to spend a lot of money. Those are, you know, second-round picks in the last two seasons. So um, they can afford a $10 million to $12 million a year wide receiver, no problem.
4: Yeah, I think that's what they're going for. When, I, when you were talking about this, I'm thinking, you know, they'll probably offer – I think the Colts will start at four forty. And I think tilt the Hilton over four sixty, and I think they will be somewhere. And if middle.
3: I were Ty Hilton, I'd sign that if they put that in front of me. That's a good deal for him, depending on the the level it of guarantees. Depends on the
4: guarantees. That's, that's the thing. That's, that's like ten million dollars yeah. a year average. It's not a great deal yeah. for. Him. Yeah. But uh, what was the guarantees be? But he'll want four sixty.
3: Half of that guarantee.
4: Yeah, so I think I think that's where we'll uh, we'll go in there with Ty. But I think a lot of it depends on this year. Right? I think a lot of it depends on Ty stay healthy and produce. Which isn't if he's healthy, he will produce. Uh, but stay healthy for sixteen games, and for Phillip Rivers, can you get the ball down the field? You know, yeah. This team is really stacked when you think about it. It's a good team. It's a very good team. We you know it. You got Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor, Hilton, Pittman, Campbell, Pascal, tight end Jack Doyle, Burton. It's built to win. Now the offensive line is very. I mean, it's unusually
3: deep for this season. Uh, for the guys you just mentioned, we're talking about T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack right now who are not under contract after this year. If you're the Colts, you can utilize all of their ability right now for a run with Phillip Rivers. Are they good enough to win the Super Bowl? I don't know, but you can take a shot this year. There's enough talent on the team that they can compete in the AFC.
4: Oh, absolutely. I think they're the best team in that uh, division, although Tennessee is really close with them. Uh, It all depends on Phillip Rivers. If he can get the Fountain of Youth back, if he can get that shot put motion back where he gets the ball out on time, and maybe he's not feeling the rush, maybe not seeing the rush anymore, because that offensive line is better than what he's had. This team could do some damage. The defense is not there with the Ravens or the Bills, and the offense isn't as good as the Chiefs, so they're gonna have some issues here. Uh you know, it's funny, I keep looking at the corner, quarter- the cornerback's name, Rocky Sin. Yeah. I mean, is not that ever that should be a, a tagline? Rocky Sin, babies. Rocky yeah. Sin. Just go for know. it.
3: Yeah, well, we'll see. We need, him and, Malik, need him and Malik Hooker things. to step up. <laughs> uh, no. he's, temp- he's Temple Tough, Rocky Sin is. So how would, how many teams would you guess are more heavily favored to win the AFC than the Colts, George?
4: Do the entire AFC? Yeah. Chiefs, Ravens, I'll go th- – I can see Pittsburgh being more favored. I'll go three.
3: That's a good guess. It's not Pittsburgh. They're right behind them at plus 1200. The Pats are still in front of them at plus 1000. Uh, that's nuts. Ravens at plus 330 and the Chiefs at plus 300. So the Colts plus 1100 to win the AFC, they are plus 135 to win the AFC South, uh to win Super Bowl 55 plus 2400 and the over under again it's like the Vikings. They, they have these sort of favorable odds in order to win, to conceivably win the conference and, and division. And yet the, to, the win total is only at eight and a half right now. So let's take a look at what this schedule looks like. And I want to check the juice on this bet as well. Uh, we always do this live because it does change slightly from time to time. So I remember looking this up before. Uh, I think they have the most juice in the entire league on their bet right now. It's minus 160 to go over eight and a half. So you have to pay a premium to go over, but you might also be in a position, George, where this eventually creeps up and they have to move it to nine, and then you're flat at nine on a bet, and you might as well take the lower odds, just put a, a little bit more uh, money on it. So here it is. We'll start it out. Uh, at Jacksonville versus Minnesota versus New York Jets. At Chicago. At Cleveland. Hosting Cincinnati by week. That's your first six games.
4: What do you think? Boy, this is if they come out hot. I mean, which is could be a problem because once again, this is a team. You know, you got Philip Rivers, new quarterback. There, he may not have much time to work with Hilton, Definitely. those receivers. So it could be an issue. But if they can come out hot. Five and one is not out of if the they question. They can run the ball. 40 six and times. zero is not out of the question here. Yeah, not they not. can run the ball. You're right. Uh, that with that offensive line, Mack and Taylor, you can do a lot of damage here. Jacksonville's a win. The Minnesota one. Is at home. I think that's a win. Jets are a win. At Chicago, at Cleveland. I, I think one of those is probably a loss, but not both. Cincinnati, I think, is a W. I, th- I think it's five and one at worst.
3: Sets up for five and one. I agree totally. Um, so we're already at five wins. We haven't hit the halfway mark, and we're trying to get to eight and a half. by week, right at the end of October. There, um, it's a good, perfect timing, I think, for their bye week. So they come out November first at Detroit, versus Baltimore at Tennessee, a little tough here, versus Green Bay, versus Tennessee again. So that's a tough month right there. Month of November, they have one, two, three, four, five games. Uh, So it's at Detroit, Baltimore, at Tennessee, Green Bay, Tennessee, at Houston, at Vegas, Houston again, at Pittsburgh, Jacksonville to close the season. So Jacksonville, oddly, bookends their entire season uh, so they can start with a win and end with a win. But it gets a little tougher in there. The Baltimore, Tennessee, Green Bay, Tennessee, Stretch is tough. Uh, but in general, you know, three out of their last five games are on the road. They're not on the road for any extended stretch at all during this season. Primetime games. They got one Thursday nighter at Tennessee. Uh, and that's it.
4: The it's is not more. Or a good team, like that might a okay, They might be okay, though. They get into time. a
3: nice rhythm here, man. They're yeah. playing all Sunday games.
4: I think listen, I think this all plays out for them very well. Doing I mean doing it real quickly. I got them 11 and five. I mean I'm easily taking the over here. Uh, I got it 11 and five. I mean yeah they'll 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 lose to the Baltimore even though it's at home. I think it's a tough game. They'll split with Tennessee. I'll I'll give them a split versus Houston. I keep in mind Tennessee they always seem to have something over Tennessee. So but I'll still give them a split there. I'll give them a split versus Houston. I'm gonna give you a win versus Vegas, a loss to Pittsburgh. You're gonna beat Jacksonville. So I mean like I said if they if they come out hot. This in my mind this is a double-digit win team. I
3: think of all the teams that we've done so far, you and I have liked Buffalo a lot uh, from the beginning. This is my new favorite over, and I, I'll say my caveat now that I think I think putting any money on the sports book now, you can try to gain an edge. Certainly, if you feel like the bet is egregiously low, or you feel like it's really in your favor. Now I'm paying, I'd be paying a big premium for the Colts right here, but. To date, of all the teams that we've analyzed, which is now almost the second time that we're going through it, this is my favorite win total. I like it more than Buffalo because of the way this ends up. Their their schedule isn't disrupted except for one time on, on a short week, and they're, they're back to business. And that short week was against Tennessee. All right, That's actually a tough game. But um, this is my favorite so far. I wish I didn't have to pay the 160, but I had opportunities uh, before, and I think that's why it is at 160. George, people saw the schedule, understand that it lines up well, and this is a strong team. I, I think they could line up to cruise to this division. Uh, I think Tennessee is their only competition for this season. I think Houston's taken a step back, and Jacksonville is conceivably the worst team in football. Um, we'll get to their schedule eventually at some point, but I, I think this lines up really well. You're right about Phil Rivers. I, I think it could go sideways with Phil Rivers if he plays the way he played last year, but then they would pivot and and run the ball 40 times a game.
4: Yeah, and they, and they can do that with short passing for that matter as well to yeah. keep him healthy. I mean, one thing about the Tennessee game, listen, I, I, I hate it. I hate that the NFL schedules division games, especially important division games, and Tennessee on short weeks. I yeah. think that's nuts. I think it's stupid. Uh, with that being said, I was going to give you a loss in that game no matter where it was or when it was. At yeah. Tennessee division, you know, I'm not going to give you a W there. And
3: they play him two that's... weeks later too.
4: Another weird little quirk there. I mean, that, that should be spread out more. Sure, well, whatever. Maybe it will be if these schedules are all turned upside down anyway. Yeah,
3: it could be, certainly. All
4: right, but I, uh like I said, uh, I like the schedule. It plays out for him a lot. This is one of my favorite. Like I said, Buffalo is, a, is still a favorite of mine, and so is uh, this one for Indianapolis. I think this is a good team. I mean, if Philip Rivers, like I said, if he could turn it back, this could be a very good team. I don't think he can, mind you. I think, once again, football has caught up to him in that motion he does. But if mm-hmm. he can just be service not terrible. Don't be James Winston, you know, north. I think they'll be a, a good, solid team.
3: Yeah, uh, agreed. So uh, lines up really well. Again, you know, you may have to be waiting a long time here uh, with the uncertainty regarding the NFL's season to starting, and if and when we can complete it, if we see this the season go all the way into the end of February, that's a caveat by us to let you know that the books will be hanging on to your money for a longer period of time than they otherwise would for you placing bets in May uh, and then getting not getting your money back until late February. That's a really long time. It's a nine-month float on the sportsbook. So if you're interested in that, uh, so be it. So uh, that's it for the Colts. Coming up next, we'll have the Atlanta Falcons and Todd Gurley in his knees. So we'll see how that goes
2: next on the grid. Mike and George right here on FFC. DailyRoto.com.
3: On the grid, Mike and George talking about the Atlanta Falcons and the recent addition of Todd Gurley. So, uh, according to Pro Football Talk, uh, General Manager Thomas Dimitrov said that the team is very comfortable. quote, Very comfortable with running back Todd Gurley's health. And Gurley, uh, Todd Gurley's health. And Gurley shrugged off any concerns about his knee after signing with the team. But not everyone in Atlanta is willing to say that all is well. Offensive Coordinator Kirk Dirk Cutter said it's really fortunate that Gurley is familiar with a lot of the concept the Falcons can use offensively, and he's shown that he could do everything uh, that a team would ask of him on offense. (laughs) The next quote, the main question that no one seems to know, this is from Dirk Cutter, is what is his health status? What's his workload? He said on a conference call via Vaughn McClure of ESPN.com. He averaged about 17 touches a game last year which is a little bit lower than he had been when he was an all-pro. We're just going to have to find that out once we get him here and get him working. Doesn't that sound like there's a disconnect to you? Like, I'm not so sure how healthy this guy is, and maybe I would have liked to have known how healthy he's going to be before I get a chance to work with him?
4: The honesty is refreshing, right? I mean... uh... Uh, Listen, you're
3: right. We kill them when they're honest. We kill them when they lie and we kill them when they're honest. I'm killing them for being honest here. I just think it's a bad call to to say it the way he said it.
4: It doesn't sound good. You know, ESPN does that thing. Sounds good. Sounds bad. This sounds bad. Yeah. I mean, it just sounds bad. Uh, There is a disconnect. You're right. We all know that uh, it's one of my favorite lines that I like to say. How can you tell a coach is lying when his lips move? Well, in this case, Carter's not lying. He doesn't know. You know, everybody else is lying when they say, oh, yeah, he looks great. He'll be fine. His health is 100 percent, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's all crap. You know, we know that. That's just the way it is. They're all lying about that. It's why a lot of these interviews are worthless here. <laughs> we uh, we don't know about Gurley. I don't know. You don't know. We'll see. I worry about Gurley probably more than most, Mike, because, well, he's going to play on, you know, it's field turf. But it's harder turf than the grass they were playing on in L.A., Right. So that could be a little more worrisome on that knee, a little harder on that knee. There's
3: look, there's been stories out there that there's it's an arthritic condition, which means it ain't getting
4: better. And it don't matter. All
3: right. It's just getting worse. It's yeah, that, how, that's how, true, how bad it's true. does it how bad does it get how quickly? Right?
4: Well I mean, I look at it this way. With that passing game, Ryan Jones, Ridley, uh yeah, they don't they don't need him to be the uh the bell cow there to carry the ball, you know, carry yeah. the team, carry the offense. That really is Ryan and Julio Jones. That's their job. They just need Gurley yeah. to be a threat where defenses can't, you know, have that safety over the top all the time. They need him to wear, you know, that safety is creeping down where the defenses are playing the, legitimately playing the run. Now it's just a one-horse one, one horse team here. If he can do that, then he's fine. He's done, really done his job. He'll produce somewhat because he's not going to see eight men in the box all that often either. Yep. All right? So he should have a decent uh, – Brian Hill,
3: Kadri, Allison, Edo Smith, the other running backs on that roster.
4: Mm, yeah, I'm not really big on any of them. Yeah. If he gets hurt, I think this team's in a lot of trouble because I think that's well, if he gets hurt, then that that safety's gonna be nowhere near a line of scrimmage. And Julio Jones see nothing with double coverage all season long. Yeah. So, and I think they don't but have super. I, I think this Ridley
3: Ridley is helpful. They sign Hurst. I think uh, Hurst, Hurst is I think Hearst has better numbers at uh, here in Atlanta than he will in yes. that he had at Baltimore simply just based on the role that he, increased role that he'll have.
4: He's a sneaker um, fantasy tight end.
3: I think Russell Gage is actually a sleeper as well too. Cur- Cutter has mentioned him on this conference call as well, so I think that's somebody to consider in your fantasy leagues, deep sleeper, deeper league, or put a star on him on your waiver wire because I think Russell Gage could end up having a role here. That and I've heard Matt Ryan in interviews. I, I heard a Matt Ryan interview with Peter King a couple of weeks ago, and like his name came up more than once, and it just had it like made me put a star next to it and be like. I think he's going to get a lot more targets than we might have suspected. Clearly, it's a Jones-Ridley and maybe even Gurley coming out of the backfield thing. But Gurley goes down. Hurst doesn't develop into the role that they want. Russell Gage has been in this offense. I think he might be somebody that if they turn it up a notch on the passing-wise, I think Russell Gage can be that kind of maybe the super the uh, super DFS guy or in your deeper league, somebody that can come, be a waiver wire steal or, or late traffic.
4: Yeah, uh, probably not as high on him as you. I just don't know if there's going to be enough room in this offense for a third it. wide receiver. I get you it. Know, so as far as fantasy-wise. but yeah, you I just like fantasy. him
3: being in the offense versus the other two not having been there.
4: I I said, uh, in a deeper league, I'm actually okay with that. I'm actually okay with also if you draft Jones or Ridley and you want to cover yourself in case one one gets hurt. Yeah. As far as fantasy concerns, concerned. Yeah, a handcuff. But uh, one thing I wrote uh, I, uh, I to you earlier. I think I brought up during a break, fantasy-wise. And it equates to this, too. You know we're all worried fantasy because if you draft Tom Brady, uh-oh, week 13 in certain leagues, you don't have him for the playoffs.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: You know what? But uh, maybe you shouldn't worry about that because if they if they change the schedule in the NFL, you mentioned the first four weeks and now the last four weeks of the season. Well, now you don't have to worry about Brady. I don't I don't offhand know who has the week four buys, but now you got to worry about those teams that have a buy in your championship week possibly. So uh, this is gonna be a, a really topsy turvy season all around fantasy wise and NFL wise yeah, and gambling wise. Right. Oh, yeah,
3: I, I, I agree. I agree. I think you know we're walking through these schedules and saying this team closes tough or opens easy. It, they might close easy.
4: What would you, you put know? the odds, Mike? Give me the odds that the season is played as normal, starts in week one in the second week, first uh, second Thursday in September, and finishes on uh, first week in January.
3: Certainly increased over the last few weeks. I think they're going to blow through it. I, I, I think they're, they're going to try. I, I don't I think, think they will gonna. get through it. I think if exactly. the numbers get a little bit better during the summer from the coronavirus, and I have no idea what they're going to look like. I know some people feel really confident that summer is going to pass this better. by, but other states, are, other states are increasing, and we'll see.
4: I think uh, the numbers will get better. My problem is this. I think they're going to start on time. I do. I,
3: yeah. I, I now think that. I now think they'll start on time. It but didn't well, look like that a month ago.
4: But what happens in November when it gets cold again and almost every medical person will tell you it's going to come back? Not to the same degree— but it's going to come back. I, I think, think that's when the decisions get made, or is it just hey, what? Roethlisberger's got it. Well, tough luck, Pittsburgh. I, Sorry. I think
3: that's it. I think the chips fall where they may, and if it gets so bad that they that they have to start to put a pause on the season for a couple of weeks and, and quarantine or whatever, then then that's what they have to do. I think they're they're going to blow through as many weeks as they can before it starts to get bad or look bad, and then so if you had to give me odds to start on time. It's well over fifty percent. I think we're looking 80 percent. That's that's the odds I put right now. For them to start on time, doesn't matter what I think about any of it. The NFL, what I think they're going to do.
4: Yeah, uh, I think the I, what what I think they should do and what they will do are two different things. I'm with you. I, I think I think they're going to start. They're going to try their hardest. I think for them not to start on time, something would have to go wrong. Something else that hasn't happened yet. I agree. You know, I think it's going to have to go wrong. So I think they're going to try. The only thing I can think of where they wouldn't start on time is that they just can't open training camp till mid August. You know, they, they, say they have no choice now but to back up the season.
3: Yeah. that I, I Week, week one could be a fungible week where they, they don't care as much, right? But if that happened, uh, if they just moved week one back, the Colts and, and, and Jags would play two weeks in a row. So I think you'll have funky things like that. So uh, let's get to the Falcons schedule. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to the end to ask you a question about Gurley, but. Uh, Falcons schedule here's their odds and this is one of the teams that you and I have said from the beginning they are a wide variance on this team so let's look at the schedule Uh, to win the NFC South plus 700 uh, which is only in front of the Panthers to win the NFC Championship plus 2200 to win the Super Bowl plus 4600 win total at 7.5 the juice on that over is plus 100 the under is minus 120 so if you feel like they're going to go over here, uh, you're getting a little bit better odds. So here it is: hosting Seattle at Dallas, hosting Chicago at Green Bay, hosting Carolina at Minnesota, hosting Detroit. This is a this is a full uh, one one week on, one week off from home and away. Uh, at Minnesota, versus Detroit at Carolina versus Denver, bye week. So that is an exact. Fully evenly split rotation of home games and away games. <laughs> it's very it's very odd to see the symmetrical nature of that, but that's it through the first uh, nine weeks. They have the five home games and the four road games evenly split in there. So what do you think?
4: Well, you know, when you look at their schedule. Uh, bye comes I mean, one one week after the halfway point. Uh, good thing, because that second half of the schedule is death.
3: I just can't believe it it lined up like this for them. I
4: mean, look at this. They got the second half they played New Orleans Go twice, it. Bay twice. Oh, with will the Chiefs in there too. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Good luck. And they I got
3: mean, and they got the Chargers and Raiders who are two teams that were not they're they're like the Falcons in that we're not quite sure what they're gonna be. But I can assume one of those teams will be good. I don't think they'll both be bad. But um So that's tough. You're right. It gets it gets a lot worse. And the the New Orleans games are split only by the Raiders game and the Tampa games are split only by the Chiefs. So it's not like you get (laughs) you're not getting any down weeks here.
4: I mean, no, this is ugly. And the last two games are on the road at Casey and at Tampa Bay. Once again, maybe fans are back by then. Uh, This is this is brutal. I mean, it really is. when you have that kind of closing schedule here. That's got to be the hardest closing schedule in the NFL, I would think. And is it's not like they have too many gimmies here either. They play a lot of solid teams. Seattle, Dallas to start off. You be, You better pray you go one on one. You know, you go zero two, and the season. If you go zero and two, the season's over real quick. Yeah, you might beat Chicago. Then you gotta go to Green Bay, probably a loss. Carolina win, Minnesota loss. Detroit can go either way, but I'll give you a win. Carolina win, Denver. You better take care of business in those first nine games and probably go six and three, five and four at worst. If you want to think that it's just about ultimately
3: been a team that has started off so slow. Under Dan Quinn, they just constantly stub their toe early in the season. If that happens this year, it's over. I mean, honestly, like, but on Dan Quinn, like, what if they go eight and eight again? Do you have to make a move? Like, don't yeah. they have to make the playoffs? They well, can't miss can make the playoffs an eight another eight eight. week a in
4: a good row. season. I mean, I can make an argument. They can go eight and eight and have a good season. if They, they haven't made the playoffs
3: days. since they were in the Super Bowl. Yeah,
4: I don't think it's going to happen this year either. Uh, even with the extra
3: so four team. years in a row, they missed the playoffs, and you keep them around. It just makes sense to me.
4: You know, I hate to I just, just hate to fire somebody because they didn't make the playoffs. I want to see how they played, how the team responds to them. Listen, if they go three and thirteen, then of course you're right. But if they were to go eight and eight, and they were competitive, but just because. You you couldn't beat New Orleans. You couldn't beat Tampa Bay. You couldn't beat. They've had a lot of
3: injuries. I actually think Dan Quinn's a good coach, but I, I just the way these things typically work. I'm not saying I'm not pounding the table and saying you need to fire him, but you go from a Super Bowl to then missing the playoffs four years in a row. I think Arthur Blank is a guy that has some level of expectations. He's been patient with Tom Dimitrov. He's been patient with Dan Quinn. Remember last year how bad things were? They were going to fire. There was talk about Dan Quinn being fired at the bye week. And then they ripped off a whole bunch of wins. They went seven and nine with an injured team that started off the the season horribly.
4: I think ultimately you're right. I mean, if I was, if I was going to bet, yes, I would bet if they don't make the playoffs, he's fired. But I don't think he necessarily deserves to be. I think this team has had some bad luck. And I go back to all stuff. If we were going to fire all coaches who had a couple of years bad, uh, you know, Tom Landry, no, Shula, no, no, no. These guys never even get a shot. You know, I'd like to see Quinn get a shot. Granted, it's been four years, in, in this day and age, NFL. Four years is a lot. Four years is a lifetime of not making the playoffs. You don't get that long anymore. You just don't. But uh, I really like to see how they play. Yeah.
3: And, and the GM, Tom Dimitrov, he's been there a really long time. They brought in Scott Pioli at one point to kind of oversee the process. He's no longer there. So, Dimitrov's had a long time to sort of fix these holes on defense and create some more depth. But... Uh, That's it. Uh, We're going to come back and talk about a story uh, related to the New York Giants. Uh, George and I will be back on FFC after this.
2: DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
0: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
3: Michael George back on FFC, closing it out with this segment right here. Uh, troubling story uh, out of New York. Giants defensive back DeAndre Baker and Seattle Seahawks cornerback Quentin Dunbar, I guess I should say the story's out of Florida because that's where it occurred, uh, have been charged with four counts of armed robbery with a firearm stemming from a May 13th incident, according to an arrest. Warrant issued Thursday by the Miramar uh, Police Department. Uh, So Baker is being also being charged with four counts of aggravated assault with a firearm. They allegedly stole $12,400 and four watchers valued, evaluated at a total of $61,000 and were armed with semi-automatic firearms in the course of the robbery. However, the report could not, quote, conclusively state that Dunbar committed the offense of aggravated assault with this firearm. One of the alleged victims added that he had met Baker and Dunbar at a party roughly two days prior to the incident, where they allegedly lost about $70,000 per the report. Out of that, who lost $70,000? Baker and Dunbar? That's unclear to me um, and how they would have lost it. So maybe they were trying to get their money back. But nonetheless, George, extremely serious crimes. Uh, Being that they're being charged with here. Uh, Two active NFL players, uh, obviously not uh, abiding by any stay-at-home orders, although Florida doesn't have them. But this is serious. He's a second-year player for the New York Giants.
4: I mean, listen, you hope this is not true, but from the sounds of it, this is bad. They have eyewitnesses. Uh, One eyewitness is saying that Baker ordered another suspect who was wearing a red mask, I don't know if that's Dunbar or not, to shoot an individual who was just entering the party. He's like, what the... I mean, wow. I mean, now you read some of the other things now, and this always comes out that Baker's teammates had problems with him. The Giants traded up to get Baker. They traded back to the first round to get Baker in 19. Uh, he had multiple issues last year uh, as far as his play was spotty. I guess the way he his work was spotty, too. His teammates didn't always understand him or didn't get what... I guess he thought he was um, top dog or whatever, and they didn't get they didn't like him at all. But that's bad. This is just bad. I mean, it's what you said between segments, uh, to you and I were talking that it's amazing that these athletes when they have extra time and right now there's no mini camps, there's no nothing yeah. that they there's nothing for them to do they seem to get themselves in trouble and we've heard this before especially in football uh, from coaches say when do they worry most they generally in worry gym. the most at the end of that June mini camp yeah. when now they say hey goodbye and please don't get in trouble before training camp
3: right before right after July 4th the players are off everybody leaves the facility the coaches take their vacations and It's a bad time. You Listen to any beat writer, any coach, they they will tell you that this is the time they get most nervous. And this is happening now, right? There's obviously no OTAs. They can't get to the facilities. Players are left to their own devices. There's a lot of young guys, a lot of money flying around. And now I don't want to paint the broad brush of the entire league because this is a small percentage. And frankly, this is one guy doing something heinous, allegedly. Um, And the Giants, a statement, uh, Kimberly Jones tweeted, the statement from the New York Giants is, quote, we are aware of the situation. We have been in contact with DeAndre. We have no further comment at this time. Um, There are stories that come and go sometimes, George, like the Earl Thomas story that came out recently, which frankly involves his wife more than involves him. But that'll be out of the news cycle. Early feeling on this, I think this one's here to stay. This seems really, really serious to me.
4: Yeah, uh, I mean, it's funny. Uh, oh, it's not funny, but uh, you know Andrew Brandt. Oh, uh, he's once again a former GM of the Packers. Uh, he, he's a, uh and he used to work for the NFLPA. He's a lawyer. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But uh, I love when uh, I guarantee it's on Twitter now. He like he he I guess he, you would call he decodes what teams say. And when you said that, Kimberly Jones of the Giants says we are aware of the situation. You know Brandt would go and you know yeah what this means is we are aware and we're pissed. You're right. You know and it's exactly what it means. Teams are angry. I mean. I'm sure teams tell these players over and over again, stay out of trouble. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, if I'm making this money, I am not doing anything, Mike. I'm not driving anymore. I'm not doing anything to, uh, to jeopardize that money. You know, because it's just, yeah. generally football, especially in football. You are talking the average football player is, what, his career is three and a half years?
3: Yeah. You know, if you, you can't if making, go on, you can't even go on vacation.
4: Just make the money.
5: Yeah.
4: Screw around after you're out of football. Where no, You know, the spotlight won't be on you. But it's while really you're playing football, story. make the money. I mean, know who's who you're hanging out with, know who you're giving your money to, and get that money. Get your life set before you start screwing around. I don't know, even if it was seventy thousand dollars that was taken from them, is it worth risking? What was it? Dunbar's making three point one two five million. I think I saw it down there, or it might have been Baker making that. But it's seventy thousand to three point one two five. Um, Baker right?
3: would have a rookie contract that would be approaching w- with a fifth-year option.
4: Three point two five for Dunbar, I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, I mean. Uh- DeAndre Baker with a fifth-year option—that's north of twenty million dollars. I mean, that's north of twenty five million
4: Are you worried about seventy grand? If it was done, if someone took it from you illegally, get the cops involved. Let them worry about it. Let your agent worry about it. Why are you worried about it? Seventy thousand dollars to these athletes. This is its a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but it's probably the equivalent of fifty, seventy-five, one hundred dollars to you and I. Yeah, it sucks. Hurts to lose, but we'll be okay. Agreed. Agreed. And I'm not jeopardizing the rest of my money. I'm just not. I just don't understand why they—love of God, this just drives me insane.
3: Yeah, I, I think this is a story will keep following on SportsGrid. I think you're going to see it on other major news outlets as well. This one seems really serious to me. It's sort of coming out uh, you know, as we film this, and, and we'll continue to follow it in subsequent shows as well. So— Story that will close on uh, in this segment, George, is former Steelers linebacker James Harrison claims that coach Mike Tomlin gave Harrison, quote, an envelope after the league imposed a $75,000 fine on Harrison for an illegal hit in 2010 against Browns receiver Mohamed Uh The St- Steelers have issued a statement on the matter from team president Art Rooney II. I am very certain nothing like this ever happened, Rooney said in a statement from the Steelers to Pro Football Talk. I have no idea why James would make a comment like this, but there's simply no basis for believing anything like this. Tomlin has not yet commented on the matter. The league office has declined comment. Rooney defended Harrison in the aftermath of the imposition of the fine. I think the play was a legal hit, Rooney said. It's on the borderline, though. Now, you have to remember back. This, George, is when the lid blew off the illegal hit stuff. James Harrison became a poster boy for the illegal hits. He was fined many times. This is probably his most famous hit. There were three hits in like a 15-minute span that week in 2010. It was um, Brandon Merriweather of the Patriots uh, levied uh, an illegal hit, uh, James Harrison, and then there was one more. But it's when players really started to get fined. It's when the concussion problem was starting to be acknowledged by the NFL, finally, albeit too late. And this is one of the hits. Now, if there's cash in an envelope, and Harrison said, I think it was on a Barstool Sports um, podcast, if he said he said that, uh, I'm not gonna tell you what the amount is, and he was, he was thankful of Mike Tomlin. But the reality is, if it actually happened, it's cash money and there's no proof of it ever happening, there's no receipts or anything like that. Um, I think James Harrison has a tendency to talk, uh, and I can't say he fabricated it, though. So what do you think? What's the deal here?
4: Well, first of all, I don't, honestly I don't care uh, about this as far as an NFL thing. Uh, I think, once again, I think a lot of these players are fined, and it's idiotic because uh, they get fined for these hard hits, especially when you hit a receiver who's going up to catch a pass, and when the defender targets him, yes, he targeted the chest, but because he's coming down and this guy still can't hit him, he ends up hitting him in the head.
3: Well, this is before those rules, too.
4: Right. I think it's. I think it's kind of crazy. I don't remember this exact hit. I'd have to go see a replay of it. And this just happened. Well, uh, I just saw this while the show, we were doing the show, so I, uh, I don't have, really have remember my opinion of this hit. But knowing the way I, I view football, I think it was probably silly. I think the, uh, the amount he got fined was probably because of it over and over and over again. Uh, some of the comments he made, I think, are hilarious. Uh, first of all, he never says what he was given. Just that he was given an envelope. He doesn't say That's an right. envelope full of money. He just says an envelope. Yeah, we That's know right. it was full of money, but it just. Uh, are you? I, I for one think this has gone on many times. You know, a player gets fined, but it ended up being the guy fumbled, or he put the guy out, or ended up being a big play in the game or turned the game. The uh, coach or somebody goes, "Hey, eh, we'll cover your fine. Don't worry about it." Yeah. And here's, you know, here's your fifty grand. Whatever. I think this in the history in
3: of the NFL, that's happened many, 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 many
4: times. times. Many times. But I love this comment that he and I, t- I told you during the break. Listen, on everything I love on my daddy's grave, I hit that man with about fifty percent of what I had. And I just hit him because I wanted to let loose of the ball. If I had known that the hit was going uh, the league was gonna fine me seventy-five grand, I would have tried to kill him. <laughs> this is, I don't know why that makes me laugh, but uh, it he was does. a different dude.
3: He was a different dude. But he, that's his job. I know his job is to hit. And by the way, I, he won NFL uh, Defensive Player of the Year in two thousand eight. He made the greatest defensive play in the history of the Super Bowl. He was. He made a ton of money for the Steelers, and he was a great player. He did become a poster guy for these illegal hits. He just did at some point, he started getting fined. He racked up hundreds of thousands of dollars of fines over the course of his career, I believe. Um, So look, this story is so out of left field. uh, I don't know why he felt motivated to talk about it, even if it's 1000% true. It's an odd thing to put Mike Tomlin in his position, especially because he's complimentary of Tomlin as he's talking about it. But I he think he's have... trying
4: to be complimentary of him. He is. Hey, look, at Mike took care of me.
3: He did. You he know, did, that if that's all true. But it's an odd thing for him to say. He's also a guy that he didn't – when the Steelers won the Super Bowl in 2008, he refused to go to the White House – now, keep in mind the Steelers played the Super Bowl in 2009. So President Obama had just taken office. I think it was gonna be the first team that visited the Obama White House Championship. And he didn't go because he wasn't personally invited. That was his reasoning.
4: I think he's, he's a different dude. He is uh, he's, a different he's, dude, he's a different, he just
3: is. He's, you know about the acupuncture stuff that he's done? He's, yes. He gets 400 needles in his back. He spent. I remember reading stories where he said he spent in excess of $400,000 a year just on treatments for his body, uh, whether it was massages or acupuncture treatments and all his other kind of supplements and everything else. But, you know, that was his business. I, I think $400,000 was probably a bargain considering the money he ended up making in the long run. Uh, as one of the most feared defenders in the entire league. But what a story out of left field. And I think Art Rooney's not happy with him at all. They're, it Look, peop, they're saying in some of the articles that he's not a Jilted employee, but things didn't end cleanly did. well, yeah. or well there. He felt he was being underutilized, sort of disrupted meetings, got himself released by the Steelers and then caught on with the Patriots team that lost to the Eagles. So... Uh, I don't think that would be hard feelings, especially if he's telling stories and putting, trying to put Mike Tomlin in a good light, even though it puts him in a bad light in, front of, in the NFL and other teams' eyes.
4: Yeah, I think one of the most important things that came out of the story has nothing to do with the Steelers. It's what Sean Payton said. And Sean Payton really said something that I think the league's not gonna be happy about. He said, uh, as far as the NFL investigating this, they'll look into it briefly. Listen, don't get me started, I lost six million, and honestly, uh, that he's complaining about all that. But he says they'll sweep it under the rug and That's not going to go over well with the league office at all to hear that. That he, teams believe they'll just sweep it under the rug. Which of course they will. He's right.
3: He's one hundred percent right. They won't look into this with any level of no. seriousness. It's they the don't want out which, loud. It's the Steelers who get a little bit of a pass from the league in general, and uh, Peyton might be seeing a fine for saying that. So that's it for me and George. Uh,
2: thanks for watching on the Grid FFC. We'll see you next time. DailyRoto.com.